Welcome to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast with New York Times bestselling author, Christine Carlson. This month, we're celebrating a huge milestone, the 20th anniversary of the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff series. As a special thank you for your love and support, visit don'tsweat.com for a free download of a beautiful original image featuring an inspirational quote perfect for your desktop or mobile device. Carry a little pick-me-up with you everywhere you go with this lovely gift from Christine and the team. Hi, and welcome back to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast. This is Christine Carlson. Before we begin, I'd love to take our golden pause. So wherever you are, just sit comfortably. And of course, if you're driving, just pay attention to the road and just use this as a deep breathing, relaxing exercise. But if you can, sit comfortably with your legs uncrossed in a chair and or sitting on the floor Indian style with your hands open on your lap. Either way, put your shoulders back and just begin to breathe with me. And as you breathe in, allow your chest and your belly to fully expand, taking in the maximum amount of oxygen. And just exhale and let go. Let go of any tension you feel. Allowing yourself to sink into your body. And this time as you breathe in, breathe in golden sunlight, pure golden sunlight to the top of your head, to the tips of your fingers and your toes, through your core, all through your body, pure golden sunlight. And as you exhale, just relax a little bit deeper, allowing yourself to drop in, dropping into your body. This time as you breathe in, breathe in love, pure love, all the way to the top of your head, through your heart, through your core, to the tips of your fingers and your toes. Feeling pure love throughout your whole body. And as you exhale, relax a little bit deeper, a little bit more, and sinking in. This time as you breathe in, you breathe in golden sunlight. Place your hand on your heart, activating your heart, opening your heart, and just spend a moment thinking of something that you feel incredibly grateful for. It could be a person in your life, something somebody said to you recently. It could be a situation. It could be something as simple as just being right here, right now in this moment, just for you. Breathing in that gratitude, taking it all in, exhaling and allowing yourself to relax a little bit deeper. Taking one last breath of golden sunlight, filling your heart and your lungs, golden sunlight and gratitude and exhaling and opening your eyes. So welcome back to celebrating 20 years of Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. Oh my goodness, I just, I say this every time, I cannot believe how fast 20 years goes by. And we all think back about what our lives were like 20 years ago. Boy, I'm sure you're saying a lot of stuff has gone down. It really has in my life as well. And I'm super excited to be doing this series because 
Don't Sweat the Small Stuff has really been a movement um, about surrendering the small things in life, the small stuff, to really live the big stuff and to learn how to practice life in a really happy way to return to great joy in life and living life very presently and with much gratitude. So I'm really excited to be inviting this guest on. I have carefully selected um, so many leaders in the personal growth industry that I um, really love their work and I really love them as people and I just think they have something really special to offer. So I'm really excited to share with you this special guest today, Adam Markle. He is the best-selling author, CEO, attorney, international speaker, entrepreneur, transformational trainer, program designer, and business leader who inspires, empowers, and guides people to achieve massive and lasting personal and professional growth. A recognized expert in the integration of business and personal development, Adam has led programs for more than 100,000 people around the globe in the areas of business and entrepreneurship, finances, health, spirituality, and relationships. His latest book is the best-selling Pivot, The Art and Science of Reinventing Your Career and Life. Known as one of the most charismatic speakers you'll ever see, Adam has shared this stage with superstars such as Tony Robbins and Stedman Graham. He's admired for his refreshing, powerful, practical, and inspiring impact on entrepreneurs, creative thinkers, and leaders. He began his career in public school and went on to found a successful international seminar and performance development coaching company, a commercial real estate investment firm, and title a title insurance company, and a multi-stage law practice. Welcome, Adam, to the podcast today. So excited to be talking with you. Oh, my goodness, Christine. What a pleasure. And I love the way you began with that meditation. Oh, so thank beautiful. you. Good, good. Yeah, I always find for myself and my listeners, it's really important to be reminded just to, you know, to take those deep breaths and just come into your body, become more mindful, and it sure does help with listening, too. It helps me speaking, too, whenever I do it. So I always feel myself totally sink in. So thank you. Yeah. It sets a context, if I could say just a, a word or two about that. Because as you said, I, I've had the real honor to, to, over many years, speak to a lot of people all over the globe. And one of the you know wonderful things about public speaking is that you're energetically in the same physical space, just... Um, you know, we're on this podcast right now and there's lots and lots of people who will be listening. Um, you know, like you said, wherever they are, they could be driving, sitting, walking, you know, lying down, whatever it is. Um, and so it's, it's no different uh, than when you're in a physical room with, with, you know, 5,000 people or whether you're speaking to five or 50,000 people, you know, terrestrially, kind of all over the planet, um, that we're, we're wanting to be able to connect, and setting a context for connection is a big, big deal. And one of the things that I've, I've done for a long time, which is really, really effective in public speaking and, and in really transformational speaking, which is what, what I, I like to uh, aspire to, to be doing more, more than just speaking, and um, and to connect at that at that heart level, at that heart space. Um, with gratitude is such a great contextual place to begin. So again, thank you so much for setting that context at the very outset. Oh my gosh, you're so welcome. I love to hear that input. You know, that's that's powerful. So 
I invited you on because I recently met Adam at um, a conference of transformational leaders that we both attended, and we had the pleasure of sitting next to each other in a um, the exercise that we had to do, first of all, where every time we went around the circle, sharing Adam passed the ball to me. So I got to <laughs> I got to experience Adam a little more closely in the beginning of that um, conference. And then we sat together at dinner later that evening. And, you know, as we sat and we started conversing, we realized how much we had in common. And we started um, talking about don't sweat the small stuff. And you know, I just, I saw him really light up, and so I kind of figured he had a little story to share, so I'm going to pass the ball to you, Adam, to share um, your story about Don't Sweat the Small Stuff in celebration of um, 20 years in this series. Mm, thank you. Yeah, I will, let, let's, let's say that when I read Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, it was a, a pivotal time in my life and so you know as the old expression goes you know when the student's ready the teacher will appear and so <laughs> it, in this in this case for me the teacher was the form of a book written by your husband uh, Richard Carlson Dr. Richard Carlson and um and it came at a very pivotal time for me because I was a lawyer practicing law in New York City and New Jersey litigation attorney trial attorney you know kind of a warrior uh in the courtroom and I woke up in the morning, uh, you know, each day it was dark. I got up in the dark and I, I came home most days in the dark. Um, and I would leave the house before the kids got up, before my wife got up. And I'd start the day putting my feet on the floor, as most people do, and had feelings of dread and just anxiousness about the day. And, uh, you know, even, even some agitation. And, of course, you know, I'd get up, shower my clothes, my suit and tie and all that kind of thing, get coffee and, and start to commute into Manhattan. We were living in New Jersey. And I did that for years, years and years and years. And usually I was working 60, 70 hours a week, sometimes 80 hours a week, sometimes sleeping in the office, you know, crazy stuff like that. Um, although I'm sure people listening to this could probably identify with some of that workaholic, uh, you know, way of being, uh, but I was really, really, really unhappy. And uh, even though I was blessed to be married to this wonderful, amazing woman, I'm still married to a love of my life after 27 years of marriage and only gets, has only gotten better for us and have four healthy kids and all these things that are blessings and things I was grateful for. And yet still I woke up and had that anxiety and and felt that, that angst and that, even that anger that would well up inside of me during the day. Um, and, uh, I didn't really, you know, know what was going on. I, I was successful by other people's standards, you know, lots of money and, and things, houses, cars, kids, wife, all that stuff that was to be grateful for. And yet somehow I was unhappy on the inside. And, uh, and I read, uh, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. I remember, and, and this is a bit of a, uh, kind of a, a joke that is is more true and that's why it's funny i think that i would read that book um in various places i read that book on the beach and i read that book in the hot tub and i've also read that book in the bathroom <laughs> uh, <laughs> well those are those because, short chapters we always say that that oh my gosh if a book makes it to the bathroom it's really made it to the podium <laughs> oh that's a great way to put it so the book was on the podium for sure, and it and absolutely changed my, my life. It gave me new tools um, because what I, I realized was that 
in you know, in my own thinking was the key to my success or my failure. In my own thinking was the key to my happiness or my misery. Um, and that's where it lied. And I think at the heart of much of what uh, what don't sweat the small stuff and all of the the off you know the other uh, children of that book, you know, the, the offspring of that book, like don't sweat the small stuff about money and love and all those other amazing books um they're really really uh amazing in in their uh, ability to give and to give me at the time a new to create a shift in my mindset to give me new tools for thinking about situations uh in a much more empowering way like it's not just about positive thinking in my in my view, really empowering tools to manage my mind uh, so that I wasn't sweating things that, that didn't deserve to sweat about. Yeah, I mean, so much of life is, really all of life, if we really think about it, is keeping it in perspective when, you know, even when life is great, we don't really think that we need to keep life in perspective, we just live it, but when when, you know, kind of shit hits the fan and we're not, you know, we're in a situation um, of adversity, you know, that's when it's so important to have those life skills, you know, and keeping life in perspective. And and also, like you say, you know, when I hear your story, I mean, now that you're doing the work that you're doing in the world and you're really um, helping to guide people really back, it sounds like back to their hearts and back to their passion, Um you know, I, I'm wondering, like, how much you believe that the angst and anxiety somebody feels like you did is really one of the early signs, you know, that they're really off track, you know, that, that that's the sign that maybe, you know, either you're, you have to shift your mindset or you need to shift what you're doing in your life. Is that, is that kind of one of your gauges? Yeah. In fact, I, uh, thank you so much for bringing that up because it's a symptom and it's, um, I have a podcast called The Conscious Pivot. I wrote a book called Pivot, as you said, The Art and Science of Reinventing Your Career and Life, which has been very successful, and, and that's wonderful. Um, and one of, one of the, the ways that I gauge that success uh, is in what people say about the book, and that's the most important thing. And, and what they say is that the book has helped them really um, make significant changes in their, in, in their lives by making less significant changes in, in, in how they think and in what they do. So just small changes in direction, but those small, those small changes in mindset or those small changes in, in what you do to create more clarity and more awareness and more consciousness lead to massive transformation over time. And so to me, yeah, one of the, the most important things is to become more aware, to become more conscious. And when you look at, 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 uh, something that is symptomatic, like anger or resentment or sadness or, or uh, anxiety, for example, or sleeplessness. Now, there's a massive multi, multi, multi billion dollar industry for sleep aids, whether it's the over the counter kind or the ambient type or, or other, you know, Lunesta or whatever it is. But people are taking stuff to go to sleep at night and to stay sleepy. And, uh, and then they're taking things to get up in the morning as well. Um, and I'm not being critical of the fact that, that, that there's a need for that, but it, it is symptomatic of something else. And I think that's what you're bringing up. And, and to me, 
Um, in hindsight, now what I realize is that those those signs, uh, those those symptoms were signs to me. So my anger and my anxiety and uh, my sleeplessness, my restlessness, and, and just my unhappiness, really, with you know, even in a life that had a lot to be happy for. I mean, you know, my view of that is that when you wake up in the morning, uh, your eyes your eyes are open. You take a conscious breath. You have everything, everything to be grateful for. Regardless of whether your money situation or your marital situation or relationships or health or any of those things have challenges in them, the fact that you're awake and breathing in that moment is such a profound blessing. Because at that moment that you and I are taking our, our first waking breath of the day, there are people all over this earth who are taking their very last breath. Um, so it is a profound gift just to be alive. And um, and so to be unhappy or to be anxious or angry or sleepless uh, in some way is a sign that there's something else going on. It's a symptom, and it's a wonderful moment to be to be conscious, to be uh, aware, to, to have present moment awareness of that uh, of that situation, because then you get to have something new uh, is available to you in that awareness. And for me, when I became more awakened. To the fact that I wasn't okay with what was going on in my life, not career-wise, because I didn't love what I was doing, and that's part of what was going on was I was a lawyer back then, and I didn't love being a lawyer, and I didn't think it was my purpose in life to be a lawyer, and I pivoted, and uh, you know, fast forward a couple of years, um, not only love my life, but do work that has you know been very valuable for myself, for my family, and for thousands and thousands of other people uh, and have written books now, uh, speak all over the world, own a, a training company and a coaching company, um, and have made you know tons and tons of money um, doing doing something that, that really sits well with me in my soul. Uh, and at the heart level, it's, it's it, it, I know it's my right livelihood. Uh, but that would never have happened had it not been for the fact that I had awareness and then during that awareness which was pain right i was aware that i was in pain uh and i started to read some incredible books including don't sweat the small stuff and and then i was able to kind of shift my perception shift my mindset my way of thinking just a little bit and in doing so i got new awareness and it just is like a domino effect um, where one thing kind of one new awareness tips into another, tips into another, and then all of a sudden, six months later, I have all this new new consciousness about about things, and now I'm guided differently to do to think differently, and then to do things differently, take new actions which create new results. So that's you know that's that that domino effect or that snowball effect, and and I'm really grateful to. Uh, uh, you know, to your late husband for his work because that was one of those dominoes that led me forward. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, one one thing that comes to mind that I would really love for our listeners to hear today too is that, you know, you can be unhappy for a really long period of time and then either you're gonna you're either gonna decide to jump off your own, you know, unhappiness train or you're actually going to call something in to help you jump off. And I'd like, I'd like everyone listening to really hear that, that sometimes the things that we do and, and maybe even our lack of involvement in what we're doing is actually going to 
calls something in to create the change, to create the movement, and the possibility to open a door in a different direction. And I've certainly seen this in my own life over time when I've been stuck, you know, in, in a routine and not really known how to get out of it. I'll, I'll see myself, I'll see something that happens, but I'll try to look at it like something that I really called in to create a big change in my life. And, you know, I, um, I've worked with a lot of people too over the years, Adam, um, who are reinventing their lives after a really big pivot turn that they've taken. And one of the things that I always say is that, you know, it just takes having the courage to ask the deeper questions. If you actually sit down and inquire and go inside and ask the deeper questions about your life, you know, lo and behold, the answers really will come. <laughs> and, and they come in little, little stages, don't they? And I'd love to um, ask you, like, some of, if you had somebody who is, who had been unhappy in their career for about, you know, for maybe the last five or six years, and then finally hit a wall and, and realized that they were at a, a real dead end in their career, but they're 50 years old now, how would you counsel that person like to start over? Because I think 50 is kind of, it can be a tough time to start over, but it, it, but it isn't at all insurmountable. And I always say like in my life, I'm 53 now and I feel like I'm just getting started. So <laughs> I feel like on some level, now that my kids are grown and I have the time and the space and the, you know, I've got all this wisdom and I certainly have a tremendous, a tremendous amount of energy still to put into work and to put in productivity. And even, you know, on some level, menopause has helped me because I don't have all this other energy driving me towards other things. You know, I'm much more focused than I've ever been. So I think like 50 is by no means a time in our lives where we have to feel like life is over or it's, it's really is a great time to reinvent. So what do you have to say about that? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just nodding my head up and down because, um, well, I'll say I'm 52 just turned yesterday actually. So um, and oh, happy I feel birthday. like, oh, thank you. Um, I feel like, yeah, I mean, there's so much that I want to do and there's so much ahead. And, um, so 50 is just one of these numbers that I think like a lot of numbers get put in our, put in our head and we don't, we don't need to get into that, but let's suffice it to say that the media and, and a lot of other things can convince us, convince us. Of, uh, of that we're old, too, too old, too young, you know, uh, you know, we don't have enough education, we don't have enough money, you know, lots of things uh, that create stories, that help us create a story that keep us stuck. And, and so pivoting is about, in many ways, about becoming unstuck. So the person that you're speaking about um, has gotten unstuck, it sounds like. It sounds like they've pivoted and, and they realize have this or they're in a pre-pivot stage, perhaps, where they realize they're not, they don't love their career, and maybe their careers even come to a, uh, to a bit of a dead end. Um, and, and it may be that, that right now they realize they're at a dead end, um, and they're still in that career, uh, and, and they're faced with a what-to-do situation. That's what I was in. I was in my own practice, my own business, uh, as a lawyer, and I knew that, that looking down the road, whether it was 10 or 15 or 20 years or whatever it would be later, you know, that, that I did not want to find myself feeling that same way 
five years, 10, 15, you blink your eyes. As you, you said earlier, since you blink in 20 years, it's gone by. And, and we know we're not going to live forever, at least not in this physical body. You know, I think we're eternal, but holds up a separate conversation. Um, so we, we know that that sort of physical time here is limited. We want to make the most of it. And, um, and so I don't want to do things that are the equivalent of doing the same old thing, you know, getting the same old result and then somehow thinking it's going to be different later because that's insane. Um, so for your friend, it could be that they're, that they realize a change is necessary and they've got to be the, the catalyst for that change. Um, and that's tough. That's tough. It is. Um, but what's also tough is where change comes by default. You know, it comes out of nowhere because your career ends, meaning you, you know, you're given, you're given a, uh, whatever they call that, the pink slip, you know, told your job is, is over, uh, they've downsized or they've gotten rid of that position or they fired you or whatever it is, um, or your business has, has, you know, taken a turn for the worse and that business is over and done. But the universe has delivered a clear message that you're about to pivot. Regardless of whether you, you, you know, you were prepared to do it on your own or not, uh, life has delivered that change to you. And, um, and that's also uh, a challenge because now you've got to, you've got to kind of, uh, rally yourself and, um, and be very, very resilient. And one of the things that I write about in Pivot is the importance of resilience. So regardless of whether you're making a pivot by design, because you're, you realize you're, you're unfulfilled or unhappy or, and that could be unfulfilled with money or it could be unfulfilled in the quality of the work you're doing or the purpose and uh, of the work you're actually doing. Uh, and it could also be that you're, you're pivoting by default because something macro has changed, uh, that you didn't necessarily direct. Um, but as you said earlier, everything that's happening in our lives, I believe, as you said, is something we've, we've invited in. So there's no accidents, right? There's no victim uh, in this situation, regardless. And, and this can be extreme um, for people that may be listening to this. It's, it, I think it's extreme even for myself at times just to be grounded in this in this truth. And I, I believe it's not my personal truth. I believe this is sort of a capital T truth that we create everything in our lives. So we've invited in whatever it is. That could be a health issue, a relationship issue, a money issue, a career issue, whatever it is that we've somehow invited it in. Um, and what's beautiful about owning that, taking ownership of that, and being responsible for that, is it gives us complete and utter authority and power to change it, to do something with it, to alchemize it, you know, to turn the lead into gold. And, uh, and that's so crucial. So when it comes to that person, uh, maybe in their 50s, that is sort of too old to hire and too young to retire, it's a bit of a uh, I, I actually, that was a running title for a book of mine a while ago. <laughs> I too. love that. I think that's definitely one you should write. I yeah. will love <laughs> that. The boomers who don't want to lay down under any circumstance. <laughs> no, no, there is no laying down. That's not an option, right? Um, for those boomers and for everybody else, regardless of what age you might be listening to this, because that age thing is just a crock. You know, that's it just is. stuff we being told. Um, resilience is super important, agility and resilience. And so I want to just give you guys uh, like just three pieces to the resilience formula that we use in Pivot. And the first one is to um, really acknowledge 
what it is that your situation isn't in, in total. So it's, it's putting it in a frame, in other words, like it was a beautiful, you know, like it was a picture in the frame. And, and that picture in the frame can be a beautiful picture, beautiful painting, um, or it can be something that's not so beautiful. And again, I want to draw back to what I said a moment ago, which is that we get to decide, like nobody else, not your, your mother, your father, your kids, your husband, ex-spouse, not your boss, whatever, that nobody gets to decide what that picture is other than you and I. So are you and saying so, like to kind of take a snapshot of the current situation like, and, and try and be really like as reasonable about it as possible? Is that what you're saying? I'm saying you want to frame the situation as something beautiful, beautiful. and positive. Okay, yeah. cool. Right. So let's say he got fired. I mean, <laughs> you know, it, it could be tough to go, oh, geez, I just got fired. I've got bills to pay. I've got to refigure this stuff out. I'm going to, you know, like, what am I going to do now? And you know what? You can get caught up in all of that and frame that situation as that ugly, difficult, challenging um, picture, or you could frame it as something entirely different. Like this is the most creative opportunity you've had in many, many years. That you were unhappy, or potentially unfulfilled, or not really reaching your true potential in the situation, in that job, or in that career, or in that business. And now the universe has, has really forced you out the birth canal to be, to, to, in some sense, be reborn into something. That it's a higher version of yourself. So it doesn't matter what it is, and it can be health-related, money-related, career-related. You've got to be the one that paints that picture in a way that is empowering, that, that really expresses uh, what the potential for yourself is now in this moment and going forward in the future. And one question I can give um, that anybody you know listening to this can write this down and, and put on uh, you know, put on their mirror, put in their wallet, put on their, you know, rear view mirror, is what is the creative opportunity? That's the question. What is the creative opportunity I love that. right now? Yeah. Because when you start to think about the creative opportunities in your current situation, whatever that is, you're going to see that that picture has the potential to be the most beautiful picture that you, you could ever imagine creating. But it's, you know, it requires some getting outside of the fear and outside of the box of your own of your own thinking, uh, and looking at this greater this greater vision, this greater vista uh, that's there for you potentially. Um, so that's the first piece of the resilience formula. And the second piece is to realize that everything that you've experienced so far in your life and your career, it's been valuable to you. Like you said earlier, that you've gained wisdom from all of your years and all of the the good things and the challenging things, the, the stuff that was easy and the stuff that was tough. The stuff that was painful and the stuff that was joyful and joyful. And so learning um, the lesson of your experience is the next key because it's not enough to go, okay, I have a creative opportunity. The next step is to go, well, what did I learn from my last experience? Mm -hmm. So it's not about ignoring, you know, whatever went on in your business or your job or, or your, or your life situation. It's to say, now, what have I learned? Oh, I what, really what? love that for the reasons of so much of what people face when they're facing this is a lack of confidence to move forward. And I, I love that, you know, you framed it positively and then you're actually looking back and really acknowledging and celebrating all of 
this all that, all that you've gleaned from your experience, which is super powerful for confidence in moving forward. So, so true, and it, it, it's wisdom, right? It's, yeah. it's wisdom mining. You're mining for you're mining for wisdom, um, which is way cool as part of the that empowering process and in, in that you know building building back a little bit of your self esteem, as you said, your self confidence, um, so that you can do the next piece which is to take care of yourself. And that's the third, this is a bit of a counterintuitive part of this, but the third piece in our resilience formula is you taking care of yourself. Because what we've, what we've learned, and there's Harvard Business Review studies that show this, that the, the highest performance athletes and the highest performance business people in the world have something in common. And that commonality is their ritual for recovery. So I want to say that again, the rituals they have to recover. Now, we know that in sports, you're, you're, you're using your body in, in very extreme ways. And so you get the idea that, you know, if you run a marathon or when you sprint a, you know, a hundred meters, you've got to have, you know, a ritual to recover. You've got to recover, your body has to recover in order for you to be, you know, doing the next event. If that next event was an hour later or a day later or a week later. You know, with baseball, basketball, football, they all have these rituals to allow their, their bodies uh, and, and you know, their mental, emotional, physical, and even spiritual bodies to recover. And what they found is that in business, it's the same exact thing, only it's worse. Because with business, and I, I'm, when I say business, I mean your career, your job, you know, the things you do for, for your fulfillment and for money, it's almost like a 20 four, seven kind of a, of an activity these days. Whereas sports, you know, you, they'll play tennis uh, for four hours or five hours or something like that. And then, yes, they need to recover from that. And in between the games and in between the points, they have these rituals for recovery. Um, but people outside of sports these days are under that sort of stress of their job, their business, their career, and even money more like all the time, <laughs> like every day. Yeah. And so their recovery rituals are even that much more important. And that means, you know, what are you doing to take care of yourself? Do you do you have a ritual for walking 20 minutes or 30 minutes to clear your head each day? Do you meditate? Uh, do you have green drink? Do you take care of your body? Like what are you, eat, you know, drinking on a daily basis? And what are you eating? And do you eat slowly? Um, you know, what do you do to cultivate your mind? Do you have spiritual practices that, that help you to, to – uh, Elevate your consciousness and, and, and recover in a, you know, outside of your own, your own, uh, thinking. And things like that, those three, those three areas, uh, that, that formula of three pieces where you frame your situation in a, in a beautiful way because it is beautiful, especially if you're the one that's, that has the design in your hands, that you glean the wisdom, that you mine for the wisdom of your experience, this prior experience. And that you also take care of yourself, that you have resilience and, and rituals for your recovery. And between those three things, it enables you. So that 50-year-old person or that 40-year-old person, whatever it is, that's making a change in their career or their life, you know, they're reinventing in some ways. This is what helps them to be that, uh, that willow that, that will be able to bend in the wind, even in a great storm, that those, those limbs will bend and flex and come back stronger. Whereas, you know, the oak tree in, in, a, uh, in, in a in a windstorm is often the one that gets uprooted. 
Oh, wow. That's, that's fascinating. Well, I love everything that you said, and it's incredibly helpful, um, especially just to create a process like this. I, I just think it's so powerful what you've done, Adam. And I just want to remind everyone, I know I'm going to pick up a copy of Pivot, the Art and Science of Reinventing Your Career and Life. And want you to remember to go pick up that book and also the best place to visit Adam is at www.adammarkle.com and that's A-D-A-M-M-A-R-K-E-L.com. Well, Adam, I have just loved having you on so much today. I mean, what a wealth of wisdom you are and you are a wonderful speaker. You're captivating and my goodness, you are really one of the happiest guys. Like your your picture is just so happy and meeting you, you just exude and glow happiness. So I'm just so honored to have you on and so happy to know you. And and I, I hope that we have a great friendship that forms because I think we have a lot in common. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It's, um, you got me choked up. I, I, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking to myself, yeah, that process is so important for all of us as we as we move forward in our lives. So thank you so much for uh, for having me on your show. What a oh, blessing! Oh yeah, for us too. Thanks so much, Adam. And be sure to come back again and share this podcast with all your friends and family um, to inspire them to surrender the small stuff and live the big stuff. And just have a great day. Thanks all for listening. Thanks for listening to Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff with Christine Carlson. Visit DontSweat.com for your free download of a beautiful original image featuring an inspirational quote ready to make its home on your desktop or mobile device.